This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time for Emergence News on Plains FM 96.9, citizen-made radio. Koto, greetings and welcome to Emergence News coming to you from the studios of Plains FM Access Radio in Christchurch, situated on the Canterbury Plains of the South Island of Aotearoa, New Zealand. We are here every fortnight to share what we consider to be good news and news that can hopefully give you some hope that a new future is beckoning, that we're not alone, that help is at hand and always has been, and that all is happening as prophesized and expected. We know many of you have doubts and concerns at the way humanity is progressing, but the great hierarchy that oversees the evolution of this planet and all its life forms does have confidence in us to overcome the challenges we are facing. This great universal brotherhood of light is made up of our elder brothers who have struggled and fought their way to mastery of themselves and the energies that to our limited and ignorant minds are still science fiction or only exist in the realm of the miraculous. Their leader is Maitreya, the world teacher, who is the embodiment of the Christ, the great principle of love. He is here in the world as a man among men with 14 of his disciples who are often called the masters of compassion. They therefore have the ability to see the wider picture, to look into the hearts of men. That they have confidence in us is a ray of hope in a sometimes dark and murky world. Maitreya is stimulating the love principle in each of us. We only have to look at world events to see the outpouring of love that is sweeping the world. But do we see it? Or do we see all the negative aspects, which are the opposite of the love energy? I'm remembering a day I went to one of our local beaches. It was a beautiful day, bright blue sky, the sun shining and the pounding of surf, deep blue with white crashing foam. It was perfect, except on top of the surf was a thin layer of brown, dirty gunge. I found myself both offended and fascinated. I couldn't take my eyes off it. I found myself railing against the greed and carelessness that allowed such things to happen. I realised it took my focus off all the beauty that surrounded me. I have been grateful for this lesson from the natural world because now when I find myself offended and fascinated by the horrors that light and love inevitably expose, I remember that perfection and beauty surrounds us. All we have to do is remember to look. Our programme today is Revisiting Karma. We are hoping to give you a more expansive and positive slant than what is generally understood. As human beings, we're often fascinated by the aspects of karma that bring retribution and punishment. Good karma is much more common, and once the law of cause and effect is truly understood, it will lead us to live our lives with a harmlessness that we haven't quite mastered yet. When we live with that consciousness, the freedom, the justice and peace that the majority of us crave will be our normal way of being. Bring on that day.
So today in the studio, I've got John. Hello, Shafia. And Peter. Hi there, Shafia. So you're going to be talking to us more about karma. I'm going to unpack karma and what an interesting unpacking it has been. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to it. And what about you, Peter? Yes, yeah, well, indeed, uh, we've got um, an opportunity here to uh, do one or two questions amongst ourselves. And um, also I've got something here from the master from Share International, the rule of law. Ooh, okay. okay. Great. Okay, John, let's hear from you. Okay, so to start with, Shafir, I went to my old friend, the uh, website of Share International, mm -hmm. and honestly, I just get completely lost there. So I started searching on karma, and I found a heading, The Danger of Knowing Our Past Lives. Yes. And I was so tempted to go into that, but I kept moving. <laughs> and then I came across the headline, Memories Are Not Infallible. I was really tempted to go there, but I kept moving. Yeah. And then I came across fatalism is not the correct approach. I was really tempted to go down that rabbit hole, but I thought, <laughs> no, 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 stick to the point. So I got to the law of cause and effect, or karma. Yeah. Benjamin Krem tells us, and he's quite clear on this, this is the basic law governing our existence in this solar system. Yeah. And every time he says something, and then he goes, solar system, I go... Oh, God, this is really big. Yeah. Right? Because karma is not just me and you, Peter, no. not getting on. Mm. Karma's the solar system. Yeah. In fact, he links karma to the constellation of Sirius. Mm -hmm. And I've decided not to go into that rabbit hole because I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how our <laughs> listeners are going to. But anyway, every thought, every action, Benjamin Krem tells us, that we have makes and sets into motion a cause. Now, I think most people know that. These causes have their effects. These effects make our lives for good or ill. We are now, have been, and will go on, making our lives from moment to moment. I think that's the point most people choose to forget. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, the causes set into motion by our thoughts and actions will produce effects that will rebound on us and we will experience them as good karma or bad karma. The sticky thing in there is thoughts. Yes. I always thought it was actions, but it's thoughts and actions. Okay, Benjamin Krem tells us when it's uncomfortable, we call it bad karma. Of course we do. Mm -hmm. And when it is good karma, when life is comfortable, easy, we don't notice it. Mm -hmm. We take it as our right, our due, because that is what we expect life to be like. People really only talk about karma when they mean bad karma. Mm -hmm. It is important to realise and remember that we're alive and upright because of good karma. He then goes on to talk about the lords of karma. This is getting really esoteric, and I feel my mind is somewhere out past the sun at this point. Mm -hmm. these, are, these are from Syria, aren't they? These the um, lords, uh, lords of karma. I don't know, Peter, but they're out there watching us. <laughs> the lords of karma. Like all laws, the law of karma is under the control, the jurisdiction of certain entities. In this case, the lords of karma. So you're saying they're from Syria? Yes, I think And there's four of them. There's four of them, yeah. That's interesting because Benjamin Krem starts this by saying we, um, we are the personality reflection of Sirius. So Sirius is our soul, and this solar system is the personality reflection, mm -hmm. as is we are the reflection on this planet of our solar soul. 
So it's an interesting connection. So that is uh, that fills in a few dots. In this case, the Lord of Karma. The Lord of Karma are like cosmic judges. They look at this action and reaction of causes and effects which we set in motion and they regulate this according to our needs as evolving souls. It is always the soul which incarnates in every entity, human or subhuman. Our souls incarnate in a personality with a given structure of energies and rays which relate to the karma and the possibilities of that particular incarnation. We were talking before we started about we're a construct that actually has limitations. One of those limitations is our karma. Yes. Hmm. Okay, so he goes on to say the souls cooperate with the lords of karma. This is getting really deep for me, and I think I'm now way out past Pluto, <laughs> to decide what pain or pleasure we will suffer in any particular life. Then he goes on, and, and Benjamin Cream does, has a, does have a sense of humour. He goes on to say that, of course, is precisely the wrong way to describe what happens. The soul is not at all interested, nor are the lords of karma, in our pleasure or our suffering. That's right. These are simply psychological reactions to events. I'd say <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm feeling really petty. <laughs> this is what I love about getting into this stuff and the way Benjamin Creams explains yeah. it. I'm, I'm flicking from craziness to humour and back again. You, see, you can see how it brings in detachment because <laughs> it's the only sanity. That is the only sanity. <laughs> And then he goes on to say what they are interested in, this is the lords of karma and a soul, is the working out of the law, the cosmic law of cause and effect. Also, the soul has its own purpose for any given incarnation. It provides itself with a vehicle, the personality with mental, emotional and physical bodies, which will provide the possibility for its intentions being achieved in that particular life. That purpose might not be achieved, but the soul provides the possibility. Benjamin Krem adds, the soul lives ever in hope. So once again, it's that we are just vehicles in this process. Mm. And our failure to identify with our true self, the soul, is part of the mess we find ourselves in. So let's re reiterate that we are not vehicles. We live in a ve vehicles. Yeah, it is the soul. We are souls having a human An experience, experience. Yes. Mm. which yeah. creates in itself all sorts of problems. That's right? right, yeah. So the ultimate aim is to live life in such a way that we make no personal karma. Key word there, personal karma, because Krem has talked about racial karma and he's talked about national karma and he's talked about kingdom karma. And group karma. And group karma, mm. right. We can do that, he goes on to say, by either being perfect or being dead. Okay? <laughs> Since being perfect is much more interesting than being dead, most people accept the premise of trying, more or less, to achieve the soul's purpose and staying to the last possible moment to do so. <laughs> Thus we work with this burden which we have ourselves created in the past and in the present. And he goes back to this, we're creating karma every moment. Mm -hmm. We are hung up on past life karma, but actually we're messing up as we step forward if we're not careful. That's right. I mean, we, that's the only way we can, um, we can be sure that we have real free will, isn't it? Yes. I mean, talking about free will and, and karma, Yeah. is this the time to talk about it? Absolutely. Yeah. We try consciously or unconsciously to become perfect. 
Yes. This is Benjamin Cream. We have no control over the events of life. The only thing we can control is our reaction to these events. Mm -hmm. So the aim is to achieve such a measure of detachment from events that we can control ourselves. In this way, we cope with the burden of karma in any given incarnation. So let's do an example for that. Okay. Uh, can you think of one? So what I'm going to pick up on is my Maitreya's teaching is mm -hmm. honesty, sincerity, and detachment, mm -hmm. is to achieve this detachment. So if you can reach a degree of detachment, there's an element of sanity and calmness there. Yes. Yeah, you're going to say something. Peter? That's right. Well, it's um, it's the harmlessness, of course. It is the um, the tool that we use yeah. to um, bring about this um, yeah. um, detachment because we've done all we can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I guess an example of detachment is that when um, someone says something to you, and you can choose to decide whether that is offensive or whether you will be offended by it. And your ability to make that choice and not be offended is the practice of detachment. Mm -hmm. And you gather some detachment and that gives you that gap to make the decision. Yes. Will I be offended and react strongly or will I just be detached and let that go? Mm -hmm. So renunciation leads to self-mastery. Interesting title. Benjamin Krem tells us people imagine that as a man or woman progresses in evolution and this is a key belief within some new age circles they should become freer and freer of karma mm -hmm. the opposite is true not only that but as a man or woman becomes a disciple becomes an initiate becomes a world server they take on more and more of the weight of world karma mm. they are the upholders of the world so we've talked a lot about some initiates whose lives were filled with pain and illness and strife and struggle they as as they become stronger in their mm. relationship with the soul the lords of karma bless them shovel more karma your way <laughs> right and as you get to a certain point you then take on other people's karma. I've no interest in doing that. Not, not at the moment, but you will do when you approach mastery. <laughs> I have no interest in other people's karma, I've decided. So you think this is actually what they do? They take on other people's karma? Or is it like, just like world karma? Well, he's world calling karma. it world karma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, he goes on to say, when a certain level is reached, that is the third degree initiate. We've talked about... Um, first, second, and third degree initiates. Yeah. The relationship to the law of cause and effect changes. Gradually, the law is manipulated by the person, him or herself. As a conscious divine soul working in the world, he becomes really the pilot of his own plane. He may have a co-pilot, his master, but he is the pilot. So it stops being automatic, but gradually the point is achieved. He takes an active part in his own evolution, consciously working with the law of karma under the control of his soul. Then it may come to pass that his previous lives will open up before his inner eye. As this happens, also the karma of that time becomes open to him on the physical plane. And I suspect when we look at Blavatsky and Alice A. Bailey, some of those people were at this level where they were seeing their past lives karma and taking it upon themselves. Mm. 
Yes. And so burning up that karmic debt much more quickly. But I think also that we have been assured that we're never given more than we can handle. And that is the key to the process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That the lords of karma um, place upon the soul that A, that is required for this life, mm -hmm. and B, that the soul and the vehicles can manage. Mm-hmm. So, so if we've got a really cruisy life, does that mean we're not very advanced? <laughs> uh, yes, Peter. Or it means that your previous life might have been really difficult mm. and that you've you've cleaned up enough to give yourself a little bit of a breather. Or yeah. it could mean, Shafia, that your next one's going to be really difficult. <laughs> I think there's a, I think there's a certain amount of soul choice before you before yes, you're I, I, I do think that yeah. uh, is very true. The uh, soul actually chooses its life and uh, yeah. chooses the path. Yeah, and I, and we've talked a lot about the soul choosing the vehicle. Yes, but it, it, I did not. I have never understood that it that it has an input into the relationship with karma, and the lords of karma. That mm -hmm. there's actually a cooperative kind of agreement there. Yes, yeah. well, it's sort of, I think it's sort of like the soul creates like a hologram with using the three um, permanent atoms and builds the um, the hologram and that's going to be what manifests as uh, the divas take on and build the vehicle. Yes. You know, I think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, he, he talks about the best method of resolving karma. How do you get rid of karma? How do you deal with it? He makes the joke that you can't give it away and no one wants to buy it. No. <laughs> uh, so you're stuck with it. Um, and he talks about it as a very simple method. It's called service. Mm -hmm. Service is the way par excellence for getting rid of karma. Of course it doesn't get rid of it, but it burns it up. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about transmission meditation, it's soul contact and service. Mm -hmm. So um, we're ahead of the game, guys, because we're doing transmission meditation. Okay, Peter, what have you got for us? <laughs> the twin laws of reincarnation and karma are an important part of an evolution from animal man to total awareness of the master, which is our destiny. The process to manifest our divinity is reincarnation, and the educational method is cause and effect, or karma. You reap what you sow. Every thought and deed sets up a cause that leads and to an effect, by this impersonal law, we learn to make better choices and gradually take control of our destiny. Through fully experiencing all that life has to offer, we acquire total mastery over ourselves and become perfected beings, masters of wisdom, fully manifesting the divinity that dwells in each of us. This is where harmlessness comes in, as it is the tool to bring this perfection about. While researching this topic, I came across an, across an article written by Sarah Lindbergh on the 12 Laws of Karma and found some interesting viewpoints about this subject, one particular by Dr. Jennifer Rhodes, a psychologist. Karma is simply these situations or, interesting, or interactions that help us navigate our path towards our higher purpose. She says we are often easily distracted and miss messages which make us believe we have a lot of bad karma. But those situations are simply signs to correct our course and move towards our higher purpose. 
The journey is not about being perfect. It is about undoing what is not good and becoming who we really are. So I think that's uh, a good way of seeing a, the psychologist actually coming in with a um, what we would say is uh, getting the the gist of the law of karma, isn't mm. it? And seeing it, you know, um, when you think of how karma now is part of the sort of daily sort of word and that yes, everybody it is knows used, about it, isn't it? Very you know? much. Yeah. And, and you can go online on YouTube and see any new age teacher talking about um, what you give out is what you get back. That's right. yes. and, and they'll all be talking about uh, thoughts create um, your life, so manage that aspect Reality, of your life. Yes, so yes. this information is getting diluted and, and is appearing in the common lexicon, really, of, of our life. That's right. I think it's uh, good to see that uh, psychiatrists are um, basically uh, on board. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I think this psychology is going to be one of the major sort of sciences, isn't it, in the future? Yes, you it know. will be, yes. I mean, uh, I was looking through... Um, Blavatsky's Cosmic Fire, and I thought these 1,300-odd pages there, and, um, you know, it's about um, the future and the things that we need to know, but we really need to keep it simple. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> A, because we need to understand it, and B, for everyone else to understand it as well. Anyway, um, I'm going to read something about the rule of law by the Master through Benjamin Krim from Share International. Since mankind has, for the most part, rejected the rule of law, it has experienced a series of disasters, which it has interpreted as acts of God. These acts of men bear little resemblance to the planned evolution of this earth. When men realise this, they will make a concerted effort to readjust their thinking and action, and thus set to rights the rule of law. Gradually, the rhythm of the law will impose itself on the life and a new harmony and greater equilibrium will result. To aid this process, a mighty avatar stands behind Maitreya, the spirit of peace or equilibrium. Through the law of action and reaction, which is what we're talking about, karma, pours his cosmic presence upon the chaos of this world. Men do but dimly so far register the impact of this transforming force. Nevertheless, the energies of equilibrium now saturate the earth. This being so, men can look forward to an extraordinary era of calm, different indeed from the turmoil of today. Within that unparalleled era of peace and calm, the new civilization will grow to ever more glorious heights, reaching for the stars. Man will conquer space and destroy the illusion of time. The energies of cosmos, today unknown, will be harnessed and put to use. The growing sense of divinity will drive men to look deeply within, finding thereby the essence of his true identity and his oneness with nature and God. Thus will his environment, no longer abused and prostituted to his ends, flourish and render back the sustenance for all his needs. Thus will a new civilization represent the next great step in the unfoldment of the plan. Thus will man regain the momentum of his evolution, lost so long ago. And thus shall we, your elder brothers, watch and encourage, warn and protect, 
and experience the joy of man's return to the fold. Thus shall it be. As Maitreya has so often stated, men must see themselves as one. This is the essential first step to all future progress. On the fulfillment of that condition, everything else depends. The first task of Maitreya and his group will be to show men that this is so, that only then can self-destruction be avoided, that only then can the sleeping potential of man be unleashed for its next great achievement. We do not doubt that men will awaken to this oneness. Underlying all men's restless striving is the dawning awareness that all must share in the solving of this huge and manifold problems which beset them today. That the responsibilities like the problems is global and indivisible and that only through cooperation and self-denial can they adequately be met and overcome. Maitreya, soon to appear before the world, has the task of opening men's minds to these truths. Do not doubt his ability and success.